Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Avi Havivi's weekly Sidur class. I think what we're going to do today, let me just tell you the terrain ahead. We'll talk about Ga'al Yisrael, the wording of the final bracha, which is what Alan wanted to bring up at the end last time. And I said, no, 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 too much. Let's leave it for next time. Uh, I think I'll, we'll do what Joanna wanted to do, which is we'll look at the evening version of the bracha. Um, Marizon, you're waving. Oh, she's leaving. Okay, I don't know if she was flagging me down. She was saying goodbye. Um, and then we'll try to put it all together. Um, the whole shachrit service, which means the three blessings of the Shema as an envelope around the three paragraphs of the Shema and talk about the whole flow of all that. I don't think we'll finish that latter part today. I think that will carry into next week, okay? And then after that, um, I guess we'll move on to the Amida, unless someone says we need to have some other, I don't know, little palate cleanser in between the Shema and the Amida, and we think of something else to do for a week or two, but that would be the plan. All right, so to the task at hand. So again, just quick review, this third bracha of the Shema, the blessing between the Shema itself and the Amidah, uh, talks about God as redeemer in fancy theological language, which means God as savior and protector in history. The evidence of that is the exodus from Egypt, uh, last week I said um, literal belief in the Exodus as an example of a miracle of God intervening in history might be something that would be challenging for modern people to believe. Larry told me afterwards he thought that I was radical. I didn't think it was that radical to say that modern people, contemporary people might have trouble uh, believing in um, literal concrete miracles in human history, but maybe I was unknowingly radical. Um, and this is an important question, how we find God's traces in history and how you understand that theological principle has to do with your understanding of God. If you have a Maimonidean view of God, that Hashem is all-powerful outside of the universe, not dependent on anything and has ultimate power, then you might have one view of what it means for God to make miracles. And if you have a more... Kabbalistic, pan-entheistic view of God is the fabric of the universe, ein od milavado, as we say in um, the Alenu. There is nothing in the universe that isn't actually a part of God, um, which is how uh, mystics understand ein od milavado. Then you might have a different view of what it means when we say um, God makes miracles in the universe. So this is not a class in theology. So uh, I just want to let the question hang there. We all have to work out for ourselves as people of faith um, what we mean when we talk about God, what our understanding of God is. Um, I'll just sort of shorthand to avoid all theological debates by saying that the first bracha of the Shema says, we find evidence of God's presence in the world in creation. Second bracha, we find evidence of God's presence in the world through uh, relationship and revelation, Torah. 
And the third bracha, we find God's presence, we find evidence of God's presence in the world through human history. Um, How we see God's traces there and what we mean by that theologically, I think we could (laughs) discuss, but but I think we're not because it will just take too long and, you know, people have very personal, subjective uh, ideas about who God is and how God is present in the world. So, and if you want to talk about that more, then you should insist that, you know, Rabbi Klickfelder, Rabbi uh, Rembaum has a theology class to talk about theologies of God. By the way, does anyone attend the Sidur class with Rabbi Chorney? Anyone here? Wave your hand if you do. No one does. Oh, well, I was going to say, what is it that she does that's different than this class? Since we now have two Sidur classes in our synagogue. So, but, but if no one attends, we have, I guess that means we have no overlap between the two groups. So we don't know the answer to the question. I think she, I think she does nighttime. You think she does nighttime? Yeah. I did a couple of times. Okay. Got it. Well, we're going to do nighttime today. So first of all, let's start with Gaal Yisrael. So what is surprising for those who know some Hebrew, what is surprising in terms of the grammatical tense of the verb of Baruch HaTashem, Ga'al Yisrael. What does it mean, Alan? Well, it but, means yeah. it, it's, in, it's in the past tense. Right. God who redeemed so it means, Israel. Blessed are, then, you, blessed are you, God, or we acknowledge you, God, who redeemed Israel. So why is this a little surprising? It's surprising when we consider the other two brachot of the Shema. So we said, Baruch Hashem Yotzer HaMeorot, even though we would say God created the lights at the beginning of time in Genesis chapter 1, theologically we're saying God continues to be creator. So we refer to God in the present tense as Yotzer HaMeorot, the creator of the lights, not who created the lights. In the second Bracha, we say, Baruch HaTashem HaBocher Bamo Yisrael Be'ava, also present tense, um, who uh, chooses B'nai Yisrael, even though we could say God, technically in terms of the Torah story, God chose B'nai Yisrael back then. We could say when God chose Abraham or God spoke to Moses or took us out of Egypt or whatever moment you pick as the moment of choosing. Still, we phrase the Bracha in the present or ongoing tense, God who chooses Israel lovingly, okay? So God is creating in present tense. God is choosing in present tense. But we say God who redeemed in past tense. So which one of these doesn't belong? It seems like the third bracha is kind of the odd man out. So the question is, why is it phrased in the past? Now you can say, well, because it talks about the exodus from Egypt, which happened then, to which my response would be, okay, but the first bracha talks about the creation of the sun, moon, and the stars, which happened then. Or the second bracha talks about the giving of the Torah, which happened then. So obviously the author of the first and second bracha knew that these were events that happened then, but wanted to make a theological statement that that action of God in the world, creation or revelation is ongoing, put it in the present tense, why isn't the third bracha Goel Yisrael, which is what we would expect? Um, I'll pause. Yeah, um, thoughts about that. Uh, Michael, then Joanna. 
then maybe Alan had a question since maybe Alan had an answer since he raised the question. Michael, Joanna, Alan, in that order. Yeah, I had uh, I wanted to dispute the the first one about creation of the lights. I can right. imagine the ancient mind looking at the sky every day and and believing that it was a recreation each time. It went from from a a, a light sky to dark and su- and suddenly stars were created or the morning and suddenly the sun is created again. Uh and so uh that would that's one way to explain why it would be in the present tense with at least with regard to that first paragraph got it i'll agree with you michael and disagree with you i'll agree with you in saying that when these brachot were written let's just say loosely speaking in the mishnaic talmudic area era give or take you know sometime between between the years zero and 700 um the israelites already had the torah right the jews had the torah they knew what the story was about when creation was creation was back then and they didn't believe by the way that the sun was recreated every day they believed that the sun went away somewhere off stage and then it came back on stage that's my disagreement with you my agreement with you is in a less concrete more abstract way the bracha actually says what you said it says which it says hamechadesh bituvo bichol yom tamid god in god's goodness reenacts creation every single day, right? So the doctrine is creation is ongoing. But if creation is ongoing, the question still stands. If creation is ongoing, revelation is ongoing, how come redemption isn't ongoing, right? Or or how come the bracha doesn't phrase it in the ongoing tense? Joanna? So I have several sidurim in front of me, and I'm looking at the translation of Ga'al Yisrael. Yeah. And so Birnbaum translates it in the past tense, uh-huh. who redeemed Israel. Right. And um, Sim Shalom and um, Lev Shalem, but change it into the noun, redeemer of Israel. And my understand- Pardon me. They, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. And my understanding is it is, in fact, the present tense that is more conducive to being translated as a noun also, right? Like, so if it had been Goel Yisrael, that would fit much better with a Rede- possible yes. noun translation yes. instead of a verb. Correct. Redeemer of Israel would back translate into Goel Yisrael. Correct. They, so they are, they are fudging. I believe that would be the technical term. <laughs> then, then what about the, the, the construction, Habocher? It means the one who chooses. The one who chooses. Right, so it could mean it could mean the one who chooses. Sorry. So just like um, um, it, this would be awkward English, but if I could show you in English uh, how it could be how the verb could also understand, but be understood to be a non-verb. Um, you'll see what I mean in a moment. So Yotzer Hamel wrote, could mean who creates the lights as a verb. It could also mean who is the creator of lights, right? Because it means the creating one. So it could mean creating. It means you who creates, present tense in English, or who is the one who is creating lights, meaning in English we would say creator of lights. means who chooses Israel lovingly, or it could also mean the chooser of Israel. So Goel Yisrael could mean who redeems Israel, or 
his who is the redeemer of Israel. Except the Hebrews not go, El Yisrael, it's Gal Yisrael. So just, just back to that present tense thing. Uh-huh. So um, I'm just looking at the second blessing. It's okay. Habocher. Yes. Right? Yeah. Why not? Is that, um, is there some reason why it's Habocher and not Bocher? Bocher. No, I don't know. They're, they're think, kind of, are you saying they're kind of equivalent? I would, they, I would think they would be pretty equivalent. Yeah. So the one who. Right. Such and such. It's either chooser of Israel or the chooser of Israel. Okay. I don't think it makes a huge difference. Joanna, it's an interesting. Did you, did you have an answer, Joanna? Were you going to? I don't have an answer, but an um, answer float an answer. Okay. I don't have an answer, but it's interesting in light of this discussion to look at Berkota Shachar because some of the, those verbs after the opening, you know, after you get past El Hinu Malachalam, sometimes we have like Hanotein Layaev Koach. Yeah. But then we have Zokev Kefufim. So some of them have the hay and some don't. But they're and all but they're present. They're still present. They're all yeah. present, but it's right. just interesting okay. that some have the hay and don't. Yep. Okay. Alan then Meyer. Alan. Okay. Uh, I share the view that the first two paragraphs can indeed be present tense because Creation, as you said, is ongoing. Yeah. And revelation, you know, it says that, you know, we were all at Sinai and we, we experienced revelation each and every day. Mm-hmm. And here, I, I think, the, I, and, and we have, it's interesting that in the Amidah, the Bracha is in the present tense, go El Yisrael. And that may be a part of it that they're saying, who redeems, so it's keeping the thought. But here, I think the only thing that that I can try and make sense out of this is that it's it's referring to the paragraph right that precedes this bracha, the Ezrat Avotenu, talking yeah. about talking about everything in the past tense about what God did for us in in redeeming us from Egypt, all the powers about what you did, killing the firstborn and yeah. splitting the waters and yeah. everything else, yeah. and because it makes specific reference to what was happening in time. It would be appropriate to say go all Yisrael rather yeah. than go hell. Right. Um, yes, there, but there's more by way of tense implied in the bracha as a whole because there's also a prayer for the future, right? Um, and theoretically, by the way, what's what's in between the past and the future is the present. So maybe there is an implication here. We said, God, you did all. Remember, we talked about the flow of ideas in the paragraph. God, you did all this stuff. Okay, and we need revelation in the future. And this may be implying, sorry, not revelation. We need redemption in the future. This may be implying that we don't have redemption in the present. Do we have God as creator in the present? Yes, the sun came up this morning. Do we have God as revealer of Torah in the present? Yes, I have many tabs of many versions of the Torah on my computer, right? So the revelation, (laughs) so the, the sun is here. The, the Torah is here. Is the redemption here? Not quite. In we want Mashiach now. We want Mashiach now. <laughs> We're in between. Okay, Meyer, what's your thought? Um, I just wanted to put the phrase back in context and wonder yeah. if it's something a little bit different. Yeah. So we go from Hashem Niloch, Ed, right? They were talking about something that's eternal. Yeah. Then we put Suri Israel, Kumab Israel. So this is something present, right? Yeah. Suri Israel, Kumar arise. It's now. Yeah. And Israel, this is deliver. This is something present, but in the future, yeah. looking at something that you can deliver Yehuda and Israel, yeah. and then going to the past, 
Qal Yisrael. So we have the present, the present, future, and past. Yeah. All contained right after we talked about eternal God. Got it. So that redemption is both past, present, and future. Got it. Good. Um, I, I just want to argue with that slightly and just say, okay, uh, doesn't it leave us a little flat at the end? We're ending with, you did this in the past. Is that really what the Sidur is about? Given well, that we have Yotzer Hamel wrote and Habocher Bamo Yisrael Be'ava, that might leave me a little bit flat. God, you were the Redeemer, Meyer. But we're we're about to enter as, uh, into the into the Amidah, right? Yep. So this is really kind of standing at the gates of the. You know, the way I was taught this is that you're almost walking into the King's Chamber and you're uh-huh. outside. Uh huh. And that's why we have the you know Hashem has to talk, right? You're sort of yep. going out back and in to recognize a, a, you're in a holy space you're about to enter into. Yeah. So as you go into the chamber of, of an entity like that, you acknowledge sort of is, the past is really kind of what creates the, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the aura of honor, mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. Uh, more than the future. And we're about to do, right, you know, the order of, you know, praise, thank, supplication. Yeah. Um, and this is, sort of leading up, I think, mm-hmm. to that. So it's not, I don't think this is looking backwards. I think this is looking forwards. Got it. As we're about to sort of step into this okay. other chamber. Okay. Got it. Can, Good. Can I, can I just ask something about the tenses of those verbs? Ilana can ask and then Marshall. Go ahead. Yeah. So, Kumab is Yisrael and Uftech and Umecha. Aren't these, um, I want to say imperatives, but yeah, are they correct. sort of they are, serious? No, they're, no, they're, they're imperatives. They're not they're not they're, futures, they're requests, aren't they're, they? Yes, they're imperatives. They're, it, yeah. Grammatically, they're imperatives. Command. Get so up. they're requests. Uh, yes, that's a polite way of saying it, yeah. They're, yes, they're saying new, right? Again, the flow yeah. of ideas. You did all this stuff in the past. New, appear, please. Now, we need you. Um, by the way, just to comment on that briefly, uh I'm not going to turn pages to look at it, but that is also the flow of ideas in the Kedusha on Shabbat morning, both um, both in Shacharit and in Musaf, right? We got all this mystical stuff about the God, you know, we, we talked, when we talked about uh, the first bracha, we talked about all the mystical stuff about Kadosh, 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 and Baruch Hashem in Kamo, the visions of the of the mystics in late antiquity, which were ado- adopted into the Sidur, visions of God who fills the whole earth. And then we say, Mim Komcha Malkenu Tofia, which means new. All of that is very nice, God, but when are you actually going to appear and rebuild Jerusalem? Right? Or in Musaf, Mim Komo Hu Yifen Verachamim. Right from God's place, may God turn towards us in mercy. Meaning, okay, we said all this mystical stuff. God fills the universe. Hey, we need you now. Okay, so that's the turn that is also taken. That same turn in the uh, Ilana of the command form is the same turn that happens in the middle of Kedusha on Shabbat morning, both in Shacharit and Musaf. We're not going to flip pages to look at it. Marshall. Uh, Ruvain Hammer actually makes reference, and this is sort of um, saying that 
you know, referencing like a prayer we now say for the state of Israel, Avinu Shabbat Shamayim Tzur Yisrael Vagolo. Yeah. He says that there was an ancient version of our present prayer, which uh-huh. begins with a phrase, Tzur Yisrael. Uh-huh. And he said that the Chatimah for what we're discussing now is in the present tense, concluding with a phrase, Tzur Yisrael Vagolo, that the God is referred to as the rock of Israel and the redeemer of Israel. Right. So what you're saying is there's a, an, another version of this right. prayer from an ancient one, which I want to point out is not adopted as the mainstream one. Right. Right. Okay. Um, by the way, just to come back to something Alan said about there's a bracha in the Amidah Goel Yisrael, there is also, I've seen in some of the sources, a very prosaic answer, which is the reason that it's Gal Yisrael and not Goel Yisrael is because there is a bracha in the Amida Goel Yisrael, and we don't want people to get mixed up in the sense of, remember that throughout much of Jewish history, people davened by heart, if they knew how to daven at all. If they didn't, they just listened to the chazan and said amen, right? The chazan may or may not have had a sidur. And for anyone who davens at all, sometimes by heart, you may have experienced the phenomenon that sometimes the same line appears more than once in the Sidur, like Hashem Yimloch Le'olam Ba'ed, for example, or Baruch Hashem Le'olam Amen V'Amen, that paragraph which is in Shachri and also in Mariv, but after it is something different. And if you're davening by heart, sometimes you find yourself going off wrong. Follow what I mean? Meaning, have you ever found yourself saying, Am I fin- you're saying, and you're thinking, am I in the first paragraph of the Shema or the second yes. paragraph of the oh, Shema? Yeah. I've lost times. the thread. Okay. So there's a prosaic answer, which is if we have two brachot with the same ending and you're davening by heart the way most people did throughout most of Jewish history prior to the ease of availability of printed Sidurim, um, you might actually lose the thread of your davening if there are two blessings with the same wording. You might say, Baruch HaTashem, Goel Yisrael. You might say this, Sur Yisrael, Kuma Petr Ashel, Vdechinu Mecharitav Shel, Venemar, Goleinu Nebuchadnezzar, Baruch HaTashem, Goel Yisrael, Rifaenu Hashem Venerafeh, Hoshienu Venivashea, Kiti Latenu Ata. I might veer off track and all of a sudden be in the middle of the Amida because some of the time when you're davening, you go on autopilot, right? Like, am I in the second? You know, there are times when I'm saying, when I'm in the second paragraph of the Shema, and then all of a sudden I'm starting Vahayayim Shamoa again, and I say to myself, I think I'm saying the second paragraph of the Shema again, but I'm not exactly sure. How many people have ever had that experience? Please raise your hand, right? Like, where am I? Right, okay. Um, uh, So... That could be another practical reason to not have two brachot that are actually fairly close to each other geographically in the service that have the exact same wording that might lead you off track. So I've seen that answer in the sources also. A very um, practical, you know, answer, uh, not having to do with any of these sort of, you know, idea kind of answers. Joanna? Is there any thought that if we were, even if the text that, precedes the bracha, you know, the core of the bracha text is different, that if you have two brachot with the same chatima, 
you're in essence saying the same bracha back to back to each other, would one be like a bracha levatela? Like would okay. one cancel? You're you're making it a sort of a, a halachic reasoning rather than a um, rather than a practicality reasoning based on the same thing. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know that they're saying it would be a brachalavatala. Brachalavatala means a wasted bracha. It means if I say hamotzi and say God's name, but I don't actually eat bread, right? It's called a brachalavatala. You're not supposed to say God's name um, with no purpose, right? Um, and so I, I don't know if it would be that, but rather it didn't, it didn't make sense to someone, to some editor to say, oh, we're saying the bracha, the same wording, the same bracha, in two different places, and each place actually has a different flow of ideas, which we'll see when we get to the Amida, and that doesn't make sense. Something like that. Michael? I have the most trouble in Pesuke de Zimra when we read the line, Adonai Hoshia HaMelech Yaneno V'yom Koreno, and it's either followed by Hoshia Adamecha or Ashrei. There you go. Later. Correct. Okay. Um, we have a small number of minutes. And what I'm going to do with that time is let's look at the evening version of this bracha, which in the Sim Shalom is in 204. And in the Slim, where are you? In the Slim, I'll get there. More after 137. Thank you. In the Slim, it's on page 139. Now, this bracha will make Larry happier because Larry was the one who felt like our version was, uh, you know, like some Dr. Seuss animal that was put together by a committee with all kinds of parts stitched together. Um, whereas because Mariv is shorter, I mean, Mariv is intentionally shorter because people got to get home. You know, it's getting dark and you have to leave the synagogue and go across the fields and it's dangerous. So we want people to be able to get home at night. Um this is a much shorter, tighter version of the bracha. It starts with emet. It is true. Emet ve'munah kol zot ve'kayam aleinu. So we have a key, some of those keywords, emet, emunah, kayam. It's true. It's established. He is God and no one else. We are his people. And then we launch right into ha'podenu miad melachim, malkenu ha'goaleinu mikaf kol ha'aritim. The one who redeems us from kings, our ruler who redeems us from the hand of all the haughty, who punishes our enemies, pays them back. He does amazing things. And here it's clear what the amazing things are. He keeps us alive. He doesn't let us stumble. He causes us to walk on our enemies and raises up our salvation and we go right into, in the middle of the paragraph, ha'osalanu nisim unikama bifaro. Okay? Pharaoh, Egyptians, taking us out of Egypt, the whole deal. All right? So essentially what we have in this, in the corresponding evening bracha, is a much tighter, shorter version of the theological idea, which I think only reinforces what we said at the beginning about what this bracha is actually about. It is about redemption in history. And we saw this, by the way, also for the first bracha, right? The first bracha, Yotzer Orovore Choshech, is really long in, in Shachrit with all kinds of pieces to it. It has El Baruch Adoldea, a little poem. It has the Kedusha, right? It has all these different elements, okay? 
whereas the nighttime version is much shorter because uh, because Mariv's got to be shorter because people have to go home. Um, and it sort of goes more directly right to the matter, uh, the heart of the matter. So it feels less like it's put together by committee, et cetera, et cetera. But it's clear. And by the way, and, and the fact that it is shorter and tighter, I think makes it clearer what the paragraph is about in terms of its mm-hmm. ideology. So when we say Kayam, God is Kayam, God exists. We're not just saying, oh, theologically, there is a God in the world. What it means is, no, God actually really has force. Actually, God is the only thing that has ultimate force, right? God is the only ruler with ultimate force, which is why God can squash all those other people who say that they are kings. Um, a lot of uh, various rabbis whose who's Divrei Torah online I you know, follow, um, the last few weeks when they talk about the whole point of the Exodus story, which we're reading in the Torah. So it's very timely that we're talking about as we're in the midst of these Torah readings, talk about that. The, you know, what's the point of the plagues and, you know, is God an egomaniac and, you know, why couldn't God have just gone poof and done, you know, the miracle of taking them out right away. Why all the draying around? Um, And um, the answer that a lot of, thinkers give it's a very contemporary kind of framing of it is because God wants to make abundantly clear that the rulers who think that they are the ultimate authority in the world, the pharaohs of the world are not the, the ultimate authority of the world. No one is the ultimate authority other than God. And we have in the Haftarot that we read the last couple of weeks from Yehezkel Ezekiel, we have Pharaoh of Egypt saying, I am the Nile, and I made it, right? The Pharaoh, I don't know how to pronounce this word, the adjective from Pharaoh. Pharaonic, Pharaonic, I don't know how to say it, but the Pharaonic idea is, the the Pharaonic ideology is, I, the human ruler, am ultimate, and I am a deity. And one way of looking at the whole story of the Exodus is God wants to provide the final rebuttal against that human claim that any human ruler could think that they are the final authority and they are the deity. And we know there are lots of rulers in, in ancient times who said that, right? You know, Babylonian emperor thought that also. Um, there are Psalms where it says the the, the uh, king of the house of David is the son of God. Okay, and the story of Yitziat Mitzrayim, the Exodus, is meant to be very, very clear. There's only one ultimate authority, and human authorities are always contingent, dependent, and fallible. Mr. Pharaoh, that's the message of Yitziat Mitzrayim to Pharaoh and the Egyptians, but also to the Israelites. Okay, so again, the the all the 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 liberal rabbis then say, so when you become a ruling power, don't you become Pharaoh? That's what they say in their sermons. Okay, the message to the Israelites is Pharaoh is wrong. And when you're a free people, don't try to emulate the Pharaonic structure of the world or ideology. Okay, so it's the same idea here in Emet Vyatsiv or Emet Vemunah. The ultimate Kayam is, you know, existor is only God. The evidence of this is the Exodus. 
Okay, so the nighttime version of the bracha goes kind of zing right to the heart of matter because we got to get you home so you can get across the fields and get into the 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 the, the village confines before it's totally dark out because there are bad guys and wild animals out there. That's kind of why Mariv is short. Larry? Uh, quickly, just a couple of things. Jeremiah does the same thing this week in the Haftarah. Yeah. It's exactly the same. Yeah. Um, Me- meaning the Haftarah about uh, uh, mocking um, Pharaoh because he says, I am the deal, man. I am the God. I created the Nile. And they both yep. refer to the Nile. They both refer to the specifically the Nile, the creation, etc. Right, because the right brief. Sorry, because the Nile is the source of life in Egypt. So Pharaoh is saying, "I am the creator of the source of life for all of us." Go on, Larry. And you're absolutely right that I much prefer the evening uh, bracha, but I also think that it's. Uh, I'd like. I, I would like for you to talk even next week about the absence of the Hashkivenu bracha, which follows in the evening, in the morning, because Hashkivenu, basically, the Emet the, Vimona the, the talks about the God of history, yeah. and Hashkivenu then is talking about the protect, protector God more in the present. Yeah, so, right. And the final thing I want to say... Well, I just want to say, though, the, the issue is the opposite. It's not the absence of the Hashkivenu in the morning. It's the addition of the Hashkivenu in the evening. Maybe that'll be our palate cleanser before we go on to the Amida. That's true, because otherwise we have to wait until you get to Mariv. Which I never, I never do, because it's just Shachrit over and over, morning over and over, because it's a morning minion. So maybe, okay. I'll do, maybe we'll do Hashkivenu. Go ahead, Larry. I want to say one last thing. You keep yeah. talking about keeping the Mariv short. I agree completely, which is why we should not be saying Baruch Hashem Leolam Amen V'Amen at night because it was never meant to be included. And I wish some rabbi would say, we're not going to do it, like in Israel. Okay. Okay, so you know what we're going to do? I think our, uh, in between uh, Shmanit's blessings and the Amida, we'll talk about Hashki Venu and then the final blessing in the evening, since we don't do evening stuff. Next week, we are going to talk about putting it all together, the whole Shema service. Everyone have a good day. Be Torah. Stay safe and healthy. Bye. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.